It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming up on the end of Summer League. The Orlando Magic play their fourth of five Summer League games tonight against the New York Knicks. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about what R.J. Hampton didn't get out of his time in Summer League, plus what's left to learn. And yes, I have the standings pulled up. We'll explain how the Magic could win a Summer League championship. It's time for Thursday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 14th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow our underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about what R.J. Hampton did and did not accomplish, but little he accomplished, but more he did not, during his time at Summer League. We'll talk about what's left to learn here in the final two games of Summer League, as well as take a look at the standings to figure out how the Magic can get that ring. But before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, Locked On Magic, part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Undoubtedly, it was a decision from R.J. Hampton to end up playing Summer League. Um, it, it, it was an unusual decision. You don't see a lot of third-year players playing Summer League. But there was obviously a lot that Hampton could gain. In fact, there was pro- I think Hampton's estimation was correct that the very things that he needed to work on, he could work on best in this Summer League setting, in, in this environment of, of Summer League, of, of, of just having organized practice, having some structure. That's what he needed. When we left R.J. Hampton at the end of the season, there were a lot of really encouraging signs. He was a much peskier defender. He was a a much better spot-up shooter. There was a lot to like about R.J. Hampton and a lot to like about where he was going. He was maybe a little bit behind. He obviously didn't play a ton in his rookie season. Um, He had a good finish with the Orlando Magic, showed a lot of his talent, showed why he was a lottery pick for... Uh, much or, or projected lottery pick for much of his uh, pre-NBA time um, while he was on, on NBA radars, but there was still a lot of work to do. Uh, undoubtedly, where Hampton struggled most was making decisions at speed. The guy is lightning quick. He's one of the fastest players that, that we've seen with the Magic in a long time. His ability to get into space, to get uh, downhill is second to none. He is one of the he, he is certainly supremely talented at that level. But the issue is always getting him to slow down or, or getting his thought process to slow down. Or so his good decision making, his ability to read the floor could catch up with his speed. I, I would always describe RJ Hampton this way. 
RJ Hampton lets his speed control him rather than allowing him to control his speed. And there's obviously a lot you could do to work on that. But where Hampton needed the most work was playing within structure, playing within himself. And while, yes, there are a lot of drills and a lot of skill work that you can do to get there, he was right. The best place to do this was in Summer League. Perhaps we put too much pressure on him. Perhaps there's a little more pressure put on him. But the reality is third-year players should look like veterans in a Summer League setting. Guys who have played two years in the NBA should not have much problem analyzing and looking at Summer League. They should be able to dominate. Maybe not dominate, but they should look a cut above. Um, That's typically how it goes. Now, certainly, Cole Anthony didn't look that way last year, and he opened the season up really, really well. So take everything from Summer League with a grain of salt. I'm going to say what I'm about to say here about R.J. Hampton, but we'll continue to continue to say that maybe it doesn't matter. Because maybe the Magic put R.J. Hampton in uncomfortable situations. Maybe they just ruled out that this is a role that he can play. But the bottom line is this. If the goal for R.J. Hampton this summer league was to get more experience playing on the ball, if the goal for R.J. Hampton this summer league was to show that he had taken steps playing under control and in, in, in this structure and in this system then there is no other way around it. R.J. Hampton's Summer League was a failure. Or it did not meet the standard that he needed to meet. When you take a look at R.J.'s stats, they are obviously not good. Um, that's that's putting it mildly. He averaged, uh, he averaged in his two games in Summer League 12 points per game, Shot 40% from the floor, over 4 from beyond the arc, with 2 assists against 3 turnovers per game. So 4 assists against 6 turnovers. The numbers were not good. Um, but as I tell everyone, don't just look at the numbers with Summer League, because some Summer League numbers are pretty pointless. Watch how they actually play. And the eye test sessions for the Orlando Magic against gets uh, lost. Out of control. The very thing that we were hoping not to see. He was driving wildly into the lane, throwing up tough shots, committing turnovers, and just not playing under control. There was a charge along the baseline. Uh, There are a few transition opportunities that he just kind of flubbed because he was just going too fast. Again, his speed controls him. He doesn't control his speed. That That is such a big concept. It is still a big concept, I think, for R.J. Hampton. He has to be the one in control of himself. And that's just not where he is right now. That's just not the way that he's playing. And and undoubtedly, this is sort of the central story now for R.J. Hampton. This is everything that's important for R.J. Hampton. Now, until the beginning of training camp, is all about getting the speed under control. Fans were certainly harsh, um, and 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 you know, to some, and to some extent, the criticism is completely fair. Now, is it fair? I I don't think he lost his job. I don't think he's necessarily in danger of getting cut before training camp. He's going to be in training camp, but will the Magic pick up his team option? They got till October thirty first to figure that out. So I got a little bit of time. Will the Magic? Elevate him to a more secure, stable role? 
in Summer League, I would say that he's going to end up playing the same role that he played last year. Emergency ball handler. Emergency player with the team suffers and goes through a lot of injuries again. And that is certainly not the gambit that Hampton wanted here. Now, I, 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 there were some really, really, really bad moments. There was the eight-second violation against Sacramento, which I will say should not have been an eight-second violation. Caleb Houston established possession in the front court, had the ball knocked away into the backcourt. Uh, when they called timeout, they treated the eight-second violation like it was at 16 seconds. That should not have been the case. Uh, either the count should have started, I forget what the rule is, but either the count should have started over again or the Magic should have been allowed time to get back over the midcourt line. They, they had already established possession in the front court. The eight seconds was not at 16 seconds. That was a botched call. Nevertheless, Powell calling for the ball. Hampton was unable to get it across, committed a turnover. That was a bad play in a big moment. The worst play was Hampton trying to make a quick bounce pass to Devin Kennedy and not putting enough mustard on it and having it stolen after a made basket. Orlando's eight-point lead was cut to four on back-to-back baskets just like that and turnovers in the backcourt in critical moments like that. Again, that was a moment poised from a veteran player. That was a moment where you expected a player like Hampton to be able to control the tempo of the game, to be able to control everyone and say, hey, I've been in this situation before. Everyone chill out. Um, you know, again, I think a lot of the reason why they came out only because of turnovers in the backcourt, which are always killer, um, was because they got the ball out of Paolo Bancaro's hands and put it in R.J. Hampton's. Now, this is not to say that everything Hampton did was bad. He still got 12 points per game, did a decent job getting to the line. He put a lot of pressure on defenses. And, and again, that speed is still abundantly clear. When you give him space, he is going to make something happen. Uh, good or bad, um, something's going to happen. But I will say this, I did think that Hampton, for large pockets of the game, did play under really nice control, especially in the half court. I felt like he did a really good job, you know, again, there are some, obviously, some really, really bad moments that are easy to highlight. He did not take the step up, he did, but there were some really nice plays that he made where he was able to get into the lane, stay under control, stay composed, and make the right pass and make the right reads. Where he got in trouble was when he was at full speed, in transition, and maybe got a little too excited and made just constantly the wrong decisions and the wrong reads while he was playing at full speed. He was much better in the half court than he was in transition or breaking the press. And, and again, that is worrisome. I would say this too. The other, the other caveat, the other kind of warning to everything that Hampton did was the Magic were playing Hampton as the main ball handler. And that's something that Hampton said he wanted to work on and certainly fell short of. But if we exit Summer League saying or thinking anything, it is probably that Hampton is not the main ball handler. Hampton is not the guy that the Magic should give the ball to to, to run their offense. And and they went way out of their way throughout the course of last season to, to make sure that didn't happen. And, and I think it's because of a lot of the reasons that we've talked about here. Um, and this Summer League was a chance to show whether he could do that again. It, better to learn that now and say, okay, well, maybe we need to keep Devin Kennedy as a third point guard. Maybe, you know, you know, we can't just rely on Cole, on, you know, we have Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, and uh, Markel Fultz all to handle the ball handling duties. So maybe RJ Hampton isn't part of that group. Maybe that means they need Devin Kennedy. We'll, we'll see what they end up doing with Devin Kennedy. Um, you know, I think Kennedy had a really nice summer league. You know, still some defensive deficiencies. Shot came and went, but, you know, we, we know what we're getting from Devin Kennedy. It would not surprise me if it, it, he will be 
he will be on the roster somewhere, whether it's uh, uh, on the main roster under his current contract or as a two-way player. He's going to be on the roster. He's going to be involved with this team. RJ Hampton, though, just didn't get to the level that the Magic needed. And that, and that's obviously disappointing because that was one of the goals I think the Magic had for Summer League was to, to, was to, see, was to see RJ Hampton take that next step. And he just didn't. Plain and simple, he just didn't. And that part is undoubtedly disappointing uh, for this Magic team. Magic have two Summer League games left. We are still going to cover them, even though the Magic's main roster players are out. We'll talk a little bit about what's still left to learn uh, from Summer League and what you should be watching for in tonight's game against the New York Knicks. Plus, I'm going to look at the Summer League standings. Promised I wouldn't do that, but but we're going to do it. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. If you haven't, go get it. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 1% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling in sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. And if they're out already... Try the other great flavors of Built Bar and Built Puffs. They're literally these like little marshmallowy things. They taste delicious. Uh, I honestly, honestly, uh, I, I, I'm not the most adventurous guy with a palate uh, with my with my taste palate, but um, every Built Bar that I have tried has been absolutely delicious. I'm not a protein bar person, uh, but uh, they this has become a pretty pretty strong staple in my snack collection when I need a mid afternoon snack or a quick pick me up after a workout. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is they taste amazing, but you can also enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they're an excellent source of protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you have checked out a summer league, um, now that Paolo Bancaro's done, now that Admiral Schofield's done, now that RJ Hampton's done, I, I would imagine Caleb Houston and Devin Kennedy are pretty close to being done. Um, if you checked out a summer league, um, honestly, I, I don't blame you. Um, I was watching some summer league games last night, and uh, let's just say uh, we have hit peak summer league. <laughs> there were some, there there were some rough possessions, and, and certainly this is this is the time of summer league uh, where things do get a 
bit rough um, for sure. And 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 you know we're we're kind of checking our rosters to make sure that we know who's actually on the floor. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're we're going to see anything super important the rest of summer league. Um, you know, one thing, you know, I, I think that I, I I'm not sure if we will see Caleb Houston. Um, you know, the rest of summer league, but I would like to see him one more game, see how he bounces back from a really poor performance on Monday. I, I said the same thing about Paolo Bancaro. Would have liked to see him play Monday to see how he bounced back from an eight turnover game. But seeing guys bounce back, that's not super important. The Magic have made it really, really clear that their goal for these final three summer league games, and certainly for now these last two, is they want to see some of these roster, these other players on the roster, give them a chance to showcase so that they can go out and get contracts, whether it's with the Lakeland Magic or elsewhere in the league or around the world. It's, it's really important um, people kind of forget this. The way summer league rosters are composed is yes, you have players you want to look at, players that you're interested in for your summer league team. There's also favors to agents. There's a lot of horse trading. You know, there's a reason why LeAngelo Ball is on the Charlotte Hornets once again. There's a lot of horse trading going on, so you want to make sure you're you're serving everyone that that you're making everybody happy and giving everyone a chance. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of players that. I have been interested in, would like to see a little bit more. Uh, I had Justin James as one of my guys uh, to watch on the summer league roster. I think that he could be in the running for a training camp spot or in the running for a two-way spot if the Magic do decide to keep Devin Kennedy. Um, And and I think that he could be in the running to to be on the Lakeland Magic. He's a high-level G League player. Um, I, I really liked what Jeremiah Tillman did in Monday's game. Just a big body, you know, maybe not as mobile as you'd like, but... He could be. He uh, he was with the he was with Magic in training camp last year. The Magic clearly like him. Um, I, I, I just a big body knows how to use it well. You know, maybe not the most mobile guy in the world. So I think he's ultimately going to top off in the G League. But um, uh, again, another guy that you, that that I really like. And you know, honestly, even Aleem Ford. I've been really impressed with Aleem Ford uh, and the steps that he's taken. He's become a, a a much. He's not a good shooter yet, but he's a more confident shooter. So if he continues to add that to his game, we know that he is an energetic defender. We saw him play uh, with the Magic in in uh, in December last year. He was one of the more impressive players that they called up during that emergency time period. Had a really good year with Lakeland last year, so I do think that he's he's still kind of going to be in the system. Would not surprise me if he gets a training camp invite um, as well as the Magic try to kind of keep their keep some of their Lakeland roster together. Um, you know, there's there's a couple other guys. Tony Cuse, uh, I thought played really well on Monday. It was really kind of changed the the momentum of the game. Um, and so just seeing a lot of these guys and seeing what they could do and whether they could add something to Lakeland um, at the very, very least is still really, really, really important. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I'd love to see Caleb Houston one more time. He's the most important player remaining uh, on this roster, most important player for, for, the, for the main club um, in that context. Um, you know, I'd like to see him one more time just to kind of kind of work out some of these kinks and, and see what more he can do on the ball. I don't think that's going to ultimately be where he's successful, but better to learn that now, better to see where you can get him now. Um, so I, I think that that stuff is important, and I, and I think we'll still learn a lot because, you know, I, I hinted at this Monday. I know I talked a little bit about it yesterday. What we're watching in Summer League right now, it's not about the players. Like, there are players I like, and, and you got to fit a little bit around personnel and what they can do. So I, I will, you know, I will cover Summer League. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, we will have chats about some of these players, but it's it's what you're watching in these games or what you're watching in these final games. It's not about it's not about what the individual players do. Don't care about that. It's ultimately not super important. There's some, again interesting guys, but 
what's important right now is how the Magic are playing and, 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 and the way that they play because they're always trying to establish the foundation of this team's identity. Um, we have seen some really encouraging play. Honestly, I've been, I know the Magic gave up, you know, 91 points to the Kings. Uh, you know, again, some crazy stuff happening there. Obviously, double overtime game. Uh, they gave up 80-something to the Thunder. So it's not like the Magic have been killer defensively. But I've been really interested and intrigued with how the Magic are defending. Um, they don't have the personnel to play the defense they're playing. Let's let's make that 100% clear. That they, they got burned by the Thunder throughout Monday's game because they did not have the personnel to play the defense that they were playing. And that's okay in Summer League. Jesse Mermis is trying to instill how the Magic want to play. And that's not how the Summer League, Summer Magic want to play. It's how the main Magic want to play. This Magic team is going to switch a ton. Um, like, they're going to be the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics switched one through five and made it work. Um, and it would not surprise me if you see a lot more defenses trying to copy what Boston did. Now, Golden State figured it out in the finals. They You have to, ha- you have, to have a changeup. You have to have different kind of curveballs. You have to be able to kind of throw the other team off. But Boston's regular season defense was we will switch everything and muck up any screen and rolls that you try to do. Um, that was their defense. And Orlando, I thought, did... I, I, the way you know, I, I may try and playbook this if I could find clips on it, but um, Orlando's defense was really, really interesting throughout the course of summer league. They essentially play, they essentially switched everything on the perimeter and then did a backline zone. So like Admiral Schofield uh, would was often the weak side weak side defender. He would come sliding over to the middle of the paint to kind of just tag the paint and prevent any prevent any uh, uh, rolls or prevent any slips um, when guys got beat. And then they'd scramble back out the three-point line. So a big, big part of the Magic's defense is going to be their ability to close out. But, you know, Admiral Schofield is not Franz Wagner. Admiral Schofield is not Jonathan Isaac. He is not Wendell Carter. Um, I kept watching him play that, and I was like, if Jonathan Isaac's there, you're not driving in the paint. You're not getting that three. You're not getting a lot of those things. If Wendell Carter's there, it's going to be a lot tougher to drive in on those guys. Even if Paolo Bancaro is there playing that back line. If there's one thing that I kind of regret is the Magic played Paolo Bancaro so much at center, we didn't see him make those reads and those uh, those rotations as that backline forward, as that backline rim protector. And again, this is something the Magic did a lot with Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba together as well, where Mo would be kind of freelancing and, and, and hovering around the paint and, and the rim. This is what we're really watching, is these little tactical things, um, these little kind of base sets that the Magic run. Um, offensively, we've seen them take a lot of threes. We know three-pointers are going to be super important for this Magic team. It's how they get those threes and, and how they create space and how they get guys going downhill to the paint. That's what we're watching. We're not watching the who, we're watching the how. And it's not always going to be pretty because the Magic don't have the personnel on the Summer League roster to run the stuff that they're going to run on the main roster. But this is what we're watching. And, and in that sense, there's been a lot of really impressive work. I love how the Magic have attacked switches. I love how the Magic have used pick and rolls throughout the course of the Summer League. I think... Jesse Mermis has run some fantastic sets coming out of timeouts. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to give all my flowers to Jesse Mermis. He has been fantastic coaching this summer league team. Just really, really impressive stuff in my opinion. Um, but the defense has been really interesting, and, and I think it's a defensive scheme that's going to really work with the Magic's personnel. So, again, as you're watching tonight's game, it's not the who, it's the how. That's what's most important for the rest of summer league. There is something else to watch for in Summer League, 
and that's the standings. Yes, we're going to do it. We're going to break down how the Magic can compete for a Summer League Championship coming up here in just a moment. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So tonight against the New York Knicks is the final scheduled Summer League game. Every team in Summer League is going to play five games. So, um, again, we're not done. Not by a long shot. We got two more games left guaranteed. We won't know what day um, that game is until after tomorrow's game, after tomorrow's Summer League games. Everyone will have hit four games uh, by the 15th. Uh, the championship game is going to be played on on the 17th. Uh, so that is Sunday um, at, I think it's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. I'm not 100% sure on that time. Um, but we'll find out when the Magic play their Summer League game uh, coming up after Friday's action um, in, in Las Vegas. Um, again, some of the times will be determined by who they end up playing, uh, when they end up playing. Orlando is eligible because they're not playing on a back-to-back to play on Saturday. I, I would I, I don't know when they'll play, so I, I, I'm not even going to predict it because the Magic are kind of very much in the running to be in the Summer League Championship. Here is the stand. Here are the standings. There are 17 teams at 2 and 1. This is the kind of time when you wish there was that that the tournament again so that it would make a little bit more sense, but oh, the way the NBA is determining a Summer League champion is they're going to take the top 2 teams uh in the the top 2 teams in the Summer League standings and they're just going to play a championship game. Everyone else is going to be paired off. However, they're going to be paired off. It's kind of random. It's it's something to do with the standings. It's something to do with rivalries. It's something to do with what the TV partners want. There's, It's going to be a whole mess to figure this thing out. But the main focus uh, is if you're trying to win a Summer League Championship, which who isn't? Um, no, I don't know who is. Um, but the main focus is trying to figure out, is trying to uh, uh, pick, find out who the top two teams are. Obviously, record is the first tiebreaker, and there's 17 teams at two and one. More than half the league is two and one in the summer league, so uh, it 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 it's not going to be that simple. Um, it's not going to be that easy. It's going there's going to be a multi-way tie. Now, over the next few days, those 17 teams will certainly winnow down. Um, but to to get to the summer league championship game, you've got to be three and one. So the Orlando Magic will face the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks first in the standings, but they just lost the other night. Um, uh, uh, who did they lose to? Uh, I think it was Washington. Um, I watched a little bit of that game. Quentin Grimes is fantastic. He's going to be a tough challenge for the Magic tonight. Um, but 
Uh, but the Magic and the Knicks will eliminate one of one or the other from Summer League Championship contention uh, in tonight's game. So let's not worry too much about that. Um, what the real difference here is that that first tiebreaker after record, um, obviously record matters, is scoring margin. Um, that's going to be the first tiebreaker. The Orlando Magic uh, beat the Houston Rockets by 12, beat the Sacramento Kings by 2, and then lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder by 3. Their plus-minus is 4.3 points per game. So that has them sitting in ninth place. The New York Knicks, on the other hand, they're 2-1. and one. They have a plus-minus of 11.3 points per game. So, you know, the Pelicans are sitting in second. They're at 9.7. Memphis is at 8.3. Portland at 8.3 as well. There are a lot of teams Orlando has to climb to get into this championship game. First things first, win tonight. If the Magic defeat the New York Knicks, they will have a shot to win the Summer League Championship. The next thing, they got to beat the Knicks by a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I, you know, obviously we're dealing with small sample sizes here. I'll sit down and do the math tomorrow um, when it's a little bit clearer where the Magic sit. And obviously we'll know whether they won the game or not. We'll know which games we need to watch to figure out if the Magic can actually get into the Summer League Championship game. But let's just put it this way. Orlando needs a double-digit win at minimum, um, probably upwards near 15 points to get, have a real shot at making the Summer League Championship game. That's 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 what's sitting there. Now, is someone going to ask Jesse Mermis if he is thinking about this? Um, I could I could probably tell you that Jesse will say, well, yeah, we, obviously we want to win the game. We want to, to, to be in that Summer League Championship game. We want to compete for something. But, you know, we're not going to go into this game saying we need to win by 15. This isn't like 2K where, you know, you got to beat a team by a lot to beat the level. Um that's not what's going to happen here. Um, Orlando's going to go into this game like every other summer league game. They're going to try and do their work. And yeah, they're going to try and win the game. Um, they're going to do their best to win the game and, and put themselves in a position to win. Um, you know, Obviously, the Knicks, to maintain their position, probably need to do the same. They need to win by 10 points or more. Um, you know, Again, they're averaging an average margin of 11.3 points per game. Um, so winning by... 10 would drop it down a little bit and maybe put them in jeopardy not making the Summer League Championship game. So like the Magic, they need to win big too. Um, so again, at the end of the day, I think the focus on for the Magic is what they can control. That's trying to win the game and, and, and trying to develop and grow their guys. Like I said, there's still some things they want to see from some of their players and, and throughout their roster. The Summer League Championship is obviously secondary. It is not the primary purpose of this event, but the Magic are kind of in the running for it. So we're at least going to think about it. We'll see. We'll cross that road when we get there. But the Magic do need a lot of help and do need a lot of work if they want to compete for a Summer League Championship this year. But they will like, you know, again, if they win tonight, they will finish Summer League with one of the better records in Summer League and give themselves that chance. And that's really all you can ask for, I suppose. And that's all we can ask for here. We want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find, uh, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Yes, I know about the conversations going on outside of Summer League. We may talk a little bit about that coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But 
Until then, be sure to check out the latest episode of Locked on NBA. They have the latest from Las Vegas Summer League, the latest on what's going on with Donovan Mitchell. That's who I was hinting about. Um, and all a whole lot more. Check it out today at Locked on NBA. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is your girl, Bob. We'll start again next time with another episode of Locked on Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 